Hello, newsies. That's your cue to do your little thing that you do. But you didn't play our fun little intro. I didn't. I forgot to. I'll do it now, just for you, because you said yes. so. I'll do it now, because, I mean, I, I should have, and I forgot, so fun I'll, I'll, skip, the, I'll, fun I'll skip the countdown, intro. but I'll just do this. Here we go. One, one, two, three, and fun little intro in three, two, one. <laughs> It is a fun it, little intro. It it's is a fun, a fun little, little it's intro. It's a fun little intro, and I forgot to do it, and I'm sorry. It's just, um, you know, the yeah. gal Melissa, who does our thumbnails, is yes. incredible, and she our is. fun little intro is incredible, and mm -hmm. um, just puts me in a good mood to see it, but... Yes. <sighs> um, our movie so, today did not necessarily put us in a good mood. No. Uh, for a variety of there, reasons. No, there, 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 are, there are very... Um, it's, 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 it, it's a, it's a weird one because, um, uh, there, there were a lot of, this, this, this thing is ripe for parody. It's a, it's a, it is a, a very, um, uh, it, it feels like a, especially because it's an old TV movie from 1982. And so the picture quality is very it's much like bad. you're watching on an old like 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 a, a, a tube TV like the, you have to like you have to you have to get up walk over and change the channel like it feels like that um while you're watching it also the subject matter and the way they how they treat it um is is so uh it's like a damn time capsule uh and 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 and, and then you get to watch um, I mean, I didn't realize he was, he's 26 when he made the movie, but he's, he looks barely post pubescent. Like I, I don't, I don't believe if they, if they asked him to, Tom Hanks could, could have grown a beard. Like no. he, he did not look like he had ever shaved. He was a, he's a, he's a very baby Tom, little, little this, Timmy Tommy Hanks. We mentioned many a time on here. I love Tom Hanks. He's mm. one of my favorite actors. Mm -hmm. You never disagree. I just feel like I'm I'm a, I'm a Tom Hanks stand. Oh yeah. When mm -hmm. you look back at his catalog, the run he goes on mm -hmm. is incredible. But what you don't often see is unless you go way back into his catalog, because mm -hmm. he has so many movies and so many good ones, is that <laughs> this little number, <laughs> Maces yeah. and Monsters, was yeah. something I didn't know existed till you found it on Tubi. And it is Tom Hanks, 26 years old, tiny baby boy, mm -hmm. and a terrible film. I mean, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, but even 26-year-old Tom Hanks in a terrible film, yeah. he's still shines, a really good actor, man. <laughs> shines above the material, uh, as you would only as as um as as you would have to um uh you would have to assume because he is um, that good. Um, it's but, the only reason I could sit through it. Like uh, it's the only reason I didn't message you in the middle of this, other than I watched it late <laughs> to be like, we got to do something else, man. This is bad. <laughs> and I don't normally veto, uh -huh, but uh -huh. ooh, this was, this was not great. And kind of warning up front, like you were saying, this deals with yep. some 
um, yeah. heavier subject matters and mental health and suicidal ideation. So mm -hmm. just a warning. And it's a, they do a terrible job handling it. It's yes. not good. So no. uh, it takes on heavy subject matters and it does so yeah. poorly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't know what it's doing. No. It, it, and I, I think that's the, the thing of it is, is that's the, um, the whole point of it. The movie is a lie. Yes. The book it was based on was a lie. Um, it, 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 it was, um, a, a mainstream, um, avenue for parents to get into the Dungeons and Dragons panic, the D and D panic of the late seventies and early eighties. Um, moral panics have been a thing in this country and all over the world, but let's be real, mostly in this country um, of America um, for a long, 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 long time. The, uh, but for some reason, for a few years in the late 70s and early 80s, uh, it, it, it turned to uh, a, a role-playing game uh, with 12-sided dice and nerds and 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 like it was a thing that they just didn't they just didn't understand it they didn't understand why kids would want to do this there must be something nefarious at foot uh so let's let's uh let's destroy it um uh and and where that came from originally why everybody glommed onto it was a real story that was then um misrepresented while it was happening which was that there was a um, a student at Michigan State University uh, who um, who disappeared, and the um, and they thought he might have gone into the steam tunnels underneath Michigan State. The um, private investigator hired by his parents to find him. Um, did some digging and found out that he had occasionally played some Dungeons and Dragons um, and had a theory that maybe some kids were going into the steam tunnels to like really play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you know, like really like maybe they're getting all whacked out on drugs and fighting imaginary monsters. It's just a theory he had. But the press ran with it and said, this is fact. He went to the steam tunnels to play Dungeons and Dragons. He lost his mind and, he, and, and, and nobody knows where he is. Probably killed himself. Um, and, uh, and so they ran with that. And the, the other thing about this is because this happened in 1979 and there was, you could just hide out in places nobody would find you. Yeah, nobody's this like, I know where you are guy, based on your cell phone location. Yeah. Yeah, this actual guy so, um, uh, he, um, came out of the steam tunnels cause he didn't go down there and he had suicidal ideations at the time. Uh, but he did go down there. Then he came out and realized everyone was looking for him and got scared. So he, he hid out at a couple of different friends houses for like two weeks and then ran to new Orleans, um, and eventually the private eye caught up with him in New Orleans and he explained everything about why he couldn't go back to be with his parents and didn't want to go back to Michigan and all the things. And he begged him, please, just private private de uh, detective, don't turn me in. 
say you never found me. And the private detective did that. Told everybody I couldn't find him. I don't know where he is. But actually, he was released into the custody of his uncle, who also agreed to never tell the parents that this had happened. The tragedy of it is that this student wound up uh, taking his own life a year later anyway. Um, most, A lot of it was because the story was was so prevalent and they were this would become so sensationalized he was watching it in the media becoming a big thing and that added to it and then 4 years later the private detective published a tell all book about the whole thing also including to his credit that he felt really bad about i had this theory and i just said it to to a, to a member of the press and they ran with it and made it fact and that that was it spiraled out of control so um, while this, this thing was happening, the author Rona Jaffe, uh, or Jaffe, I'm not really sure, might be a soft J, like jogging, like jogging. jogging. Um, she, uh, was, was it, she wrote stuff for Cosmopolitan. Like she was not like a, a famous author. She'd written like one book that got, uh, adapted into a Joan Crawford movie in the fifties or something or sixties. Um, but she wrote this. Um, ripping off that story, sensationalizing it even further, and adding to the already now Dungeons and Dragons panic uh, for uh, parents of uh, teenagers. Uh, And then they rushed into production a movie adaptation of this book. This was a major deal in the 80s. Like, if there's a best-selling book, uh, or if a book we think is going to be a bestseller, let's snag the rights to it because there's going to be a bidding war between ABC, CBS, and NBC because those are the only three channels. One of them is going to get a hold of this, and let's make a movie about it and then throw that onto TV immediately so we can we can uh, uh, capitalize on the sensationalism of the whole thing. And uh, if um, if this movie did not end up starring Tom Hanks, no one would remember it. You wouldn't be able to see it today, and that might be a good thing. Even with Tom Hanks in it, it's probably a good thing that nobody sees it. But God bless we, we and so now we got to talk about it. I mean, it's a, it's tough. We do, unfortunately. Um, the like D and D panic. Mental health conversations have come a long way. There's still a long mm. way to go, but they've come a really mm-hmm. long way since 1979. Um, but. This rang very familiar to me. In um, in college, I was at a radio station at a Catholic university that was a metal radio station. Our format was modern active rock, and it leaned heavily into metal. Um, and every now and then, we would get these outraged things, right? Like you said, the name Lamb of God on mm. air. We had to call them L-O-G. Uh, you said Devil Driver on air, which was a <laughs> Christian band that was actually about... Driving the devil out, but nobody wants to hear that. They just hear the word devil, right? All these insane things. But the black eye story, which is not anything, um, in in my opinion, uh, was that there was a a student, or I don't even think it was a student. It was just a young man who unfortunately took his life while listening to metal music that was on WSOU. So, of course, the uh reaction was that it was the music that made him do it and not to go like too deep on things but like 
sometimes the art form is the expression of something or like like it, the idea that it's the causality is just always bonkers to me and i thought that was ridiculous with art i would say it's even more ridiculous with dungeons and freaking dragons like mm-hmm. to to make that jump for something where there's not even like messaging behind it like you don't have any argument. I feel like it's a pretty piss poor argument when you make that with music or any other art form that that it's a causality of something and not either reflective of an experience or or an expression of something. Uh, to say Dungeons and Dragons caused this and that he was not mentally ill and had a hobby is is something that is uh, a brutal brutal um, misnomer from society. I think and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not to get to whatever, but like he, there had other attempts and like, also this man didn't want to go back and see his parents. Like there might've been something a little more going on here than, uh, Dungeons and Dragons theory. If it was done well and said it was, you know, if it wasn't supposed to be based on anything, it's actually kind of a, could be a cool concept for something, um, right. If it wasn't feeding into a lot of stuff and really poorly yeah. executed, <laughs> right? This this does. Um, while watching it, you go, I could see how the book would be a success, but I yes. it's really hard to imagine adapting it with a with a crappy budget like this and making it any any decent at all. But I could see a lot of you know forty ish moms on the beach summertime reading this in a real page turner you know like um especially because it has a twist ending it does Um, have a twist ending but also like the things that would be interesting about it that they would miss are probably the things that are established in dungeons dragons which is kind of like the the bitch of it all (laughs) yeah um so um uh, and like I say, there's lots of this movie that is ripe for parody, and that's my job. Uh, so, so we'll we'll the the movie starts with a flashback of uh, uh, like it looks like the beginning of Police Squad because they put a, t- a camera on the roof of a of a police car with a little siren going right in front of the uh, the camera. Uh, they didn't know it was a uh, set up a police squad because if they, if they did, they wouldn't have done it. Um, but it, uh, it drives into a scene, and, and there's all these paramedics and. Uh, search party people and walking up into a uh, you know, you know uh, up a, up a hill and then there's a you can tell he's a detective you can just tell he's a detective uh, and he's talking to a guy and he's like so what's going on here what's going on give me the scuttlebutt um, and uh, uh, I can't tell you anything he's like oh, give me the name of the victim like you can't do that so he says um all I'll tell you is uh, we heard there was a, a ga- uh, uh, some there was a game at the University of Mazes and Monsters that got out of hand. Like, Mazes and Monsters? Yeah, yeah, the game. You heard of it? Yeah, my kids play it. I know the game. Well, then. And and the the way he goes, well, then. Like, well, then you know what obviously has happened. And the reporter, and the guy talking to the cop is a reporter, uh, and he goes, my God. Get get a camera up here! Like, so he could do his little thing. And he's talking about how, um, uh, look, uh, the, look, apparently there was there was at least one um, student in playing in the Pequod in the Pequod caverns, these closed down old mine, the Pequod caverns, um, and this game of mazes and monsters went a little too far. Mazes and monsters is a role playing game where where 
where the players act out their own psychodrama. I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. Pretty sure that's not what this is, but um, it it is it is in their defense, as though it is fact. In their defense, even though it's alliteration and alliteration, if it's if it's their fictional game, I can buy into their fictional rules, knowing it's supposed to be based on Dungeons and Dragons. Is right. what makes that inaccurate. But you could say. That, like, they're telling us what their game is, not what Dungeons & Dragons is. It's just right. supposed to be representative of something, oh, which is listen, not this. Mazes, Dungeons. <laughs> and monsters. Monsters, yeah. dragons. dragons. They didn't yeah. do... It's like Eminem instead of D&D. It's, it's, ex- do a really it's completely hard, based it's, off of it. It's a complete Dungeons & Dragons ripoff. Um, sure. uh, so, um, he... So, it, we... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Reporter finishes his thing. Uh, oh, it says six months. Then it's going to go six months. Six months earlier. So we go back six months. Going to have an issue with that. Yeah, the timeline in this movie is all over the place and totally wrong, and it makes me nuts. But anyway, six months earlier, and there's a piano and a violin, and a woman singing a song because it's the eighties. The early 80s, she says, Whatever may happen, where the road may bend, always remember we are all special friends. And this is a this is a song that reprises several times over the course. They licensed one song, and that's it. That's not everything else is like a weird um saxophony harmonica like instrumental. Like there's there's like there's lots of music, but it's all really bad tinny instrumental crap. Um but while it feels like playing, stock music. Like yeah. while this is playing, uh, we see a, t- a taxi driving through Manhattan, and eventually, um, after the tr- after the credits, it stops out in front of a big high rise on the Upper East Side, um, and uh, out out pops uh, JJ, the 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 doorman comes. Hello, Mister Brockway. How are you? Um, JJ gets out. JJ. Likes hats. Um, JJ likes funny hats. I think this is supposed to be a shorthand for he's an oddball genius kid. So therefore he likes wacky hats. Um, kind of just made him I, feel like Jake Hager. I'm assuming, <clears throat> I'm assuming in the, in the novel, they just, they like describe this. In like like they go into detail about why why he started wearing funny hats, but that's never given us. He gets out of a taxi wearing a Kaiser helmet, wearing a pickle haube, like like a, like the 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 helmet with the big pointy thing on the top. Um, I mean, okay. Uh, he he goes. No, it's he, it's jarringly out of place. <laughs> yes. Um, and he gets he gets he goes he goes, he's carrying a birdcage under a sheet and a suitcase. He goes into the front door and then takes the elevator. The elevator takes him up to his uh he lives in one of those giant apartments in in uh in uh in in Manhattan that has uh more than one story to it. So his family's doing well. Um he is met in his apartment by his mother who is a social a socialite climber slash uh interior designer. Uh she's having drinks at the French consulate. So she can't stay to welcome him home from school. Um, 
And but oh, I want to show you it's a it's a it's a surprise for your birthday. My birthday is not till next month. Well, you'll see it anyway. And he goes, oh no, because apparently she redecorates his room every time he leaves to go to college. Um, and uh, it's done with like sub white subway tile everywhere on the floor, on the ceiling, everywhere. Everything's stark hospital white. And he hates it, and he's very upset. And she, I don't understand why you're so upset. So. This is the beginning of showing us all the main characters and their horrible home life they come from and why they why they might want to disappear into a world of mazes and monsters. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, J, J, it does feel like J.J. is the way they introduce him. Oh, this is the main character of the whole thing. And he's one of the four. But it does feel like when they're doing it, this like this is the whole thing is going to be about this kid. This guy, it's not. No. Um, there's a there's a far off shot of a bridge that I thought might have been the Golden Gate Bridge, but I think it's like something that leads into like Long Island. I don't know. I don't know where this woman uh, lives. This is Kate, not you. Different Kate, uh, played by Wendy Crewson, who went on to play the mom in the Santa Claus. So. She also had a, a career post this. God bless her. Um, but uh, she is standing with her mother on a on a dock at a marina somewhere, and they're um, they're having a, a, they're you know having a conversation about dad's new wife who daughter hates, um, and then they talk about the men at college. Um, they're all such chauvinists. I can't ever be myself with them. All they want is a dumb little ditz, and I want to be smart. I'm going to be a famous novelist one day. Um, and, uh, and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the mother uh, says, um, uh, are you still having writer's block? Yes, but I realized why. It's because I haven't really lived yet. I don't know anything. So how can I write about it? Well, why don't you use your imagination? And it does seem like Rona Yaffe took the fictional character's uh, advice. If you don't know anything, just make it up. Because that's definitely what Rona Yaffe did when writing the book. Um, uh, we uh, we meet Daniel, who lives in a suburban Boston uh, beautiful home. I also do love, parents. by the way, that the the advice was not like get some life experience. No, nope. like, don't go out and experience life. No, no. be the dumb woman that you right. just said you didn't want to be. Just right. to live in your little box and make things up yep. in your brain. Um, Daniel uh, lives in suburban Boston. Well, his parents live in suburban Boston. Um, this is all taking place in the summer before going back to school. That's how you have to look at it that way. Um, so uh, his dad is a professor of computers at whatever college he teaches at. Mom is just a piece of work who is a horrible person to him. Um, but Daniel wants to, like, he wants to do it on computers, make his dad happy, but he wants to make computer games. Um, and they want him to transfer to MIT so he can be a brilliant captain of industry. Um, and he doesn't want to do that because he's not very competitive. Um, so he doesn't want to do that. Um, so, uh, and then later we meet Robbie. This is Tom Hanks. He's in the backseat of a car being driven to school. Uh, his dad is a horrible asshole, and his mom's a drunk. Um, yes. We find out later, like why this might have affected the parents and why they might be this way. But I'm willing to bet they were like this before the tragedy. Anyway, um, 
so he flunked out of Tufts. He did. And now he's got to go to this new university to get a fresh start. No more playing that silly game. You promise me. If I see one D, you don't get another check. Um, oh, leave the boy alone, Hall. <laughs> Uh, uh, his, um, his, his dad's name is Hall. A little concerned at how well you impersonate a drunk woman. <laughs> I love that she is this whole thing. I actually want to know more about her backstory. She says, I could have been a successful woman. I was a beautiful, bright young woman. I met you when you ruined my life. Um, I want to a... know more about her. Where is the <laughs> biopic on her? Yeah. Um, Grant University is fake. I looked it up. Uh, it seems to be like Ivy League adjacent. It but sounds like a real one. So good on that. It does. It sounds real. It and it sounds um, like a bunch of people named Grant would go there who are generally <laughs> <laughs> archetyped it as that mm-hmm. guy. So touche. Um, it seems like, uh, like an Amherst type of university. It's a liberal arts school, uh, in the Northeast. Um, it's not in Massachusetts because if it was, then Daniel wouldn't go there because it'd be too close to where his parents live and they want him to go to MIT, which is right around the corner. So I, I have to do all this deduction of where this might be. I think it's in Rhode Island because the tie, the, the, the name of the, the um, uh, name of the town is Pequod, which feels okay. very Rhode Islandy. Yeah. No, there's some mansions um, around here. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, um, it was founded in 1856. See that on a sign. Um, wherever it is, you can drive to New York from there pretty easily because that becomes a thing later. Um, so uh, Daniel, no, sorry. Um, uh, Robbie. Rob, no, no, no. JJ. JJ is now wearing a 10-gallon hat. He's got a lot of funny hats. He doesn't just wear the pickle hop. He's wearing a 10-gallon cowboy hat, and that's when he meets up with Kate out front. And they say we gotta find a fourth to play our game. We gotta play, we gotta find a fourth. Nobody who's gonna flunk out or freak out like last time. Um, so apparently somebody who used to play with them has freaked out. Um, and that's bad. This bad. game just mm-hmm. causing ruins lives just constantly. Mania. Um, this is before video games, so they had to have something to blame. Yeah, they, they were like, you, it's either this or Pong. That's literally all you had. <laughs> Um, so I like uh, the we, idea that it's Pong instead. Yeah, yeah, this game got. is ruining lives. Yeah, and, uh, uh, but it's also true. <laughs> but I love that also when when Daniel's like, "I'm going to make games for computers." His dad's like, "Yeah, no, don't do that." Um, because the best thing they had for games at the time was Pong, and he's like, uh, "I think you don't. That's not good enough." It's not going to um, be like a sustainable career for you. Yeah, like Pong a, 2 uh, is not going to be. <laughs> Pong the sequel is not going mm-hmm. to be a sustainable life for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this is where we incidentally we hear, like, where's Daniel? Oh, I don't know. I think he's upstairs with his latest woman of the week. So Daniel uh, is um, is is a, uh, he's, he's a very attractive Young fella, he but uh, also uh, has the personality of a wet paper bag. As was the correlate in the late seventies, early eighties archetype. <laughs> yes, I guess that's true. But like, like just the idea of uh, I have good bone structure. Would you like to sleep with me? Feels like yeah. it's you know, like that's basically all he's got. You know, I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, so he's got some nice bangs. I'll give him that. Well, well easy. All right. Yeah. 
I mean, not not as good as yours. Thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, so we got to find a fourth. So he puts a note up on the bulletin board because before Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, Let's all you could do is put a, a put bulletin a, board. Is. A bulletin board is a big <laughs> thing. It's made out of cork. Cork is a thing that used to be in wine. Um, but like uh, you, you put thumbtacks. Thumbtacks are a thing that you might throw somebody onto during a wrestling ring, during a wrestling match. Um, but anyway, he, p- he puts it up there, and there'll be little things where you could like rip off the bottom uh, of a, a little little thing that would give your phone number, or whatever. Anyway, uh, JJ, who's now wearing a pilot helmet, like an aviation helmet with goggles up on it, like those leather things with the straps. That's what he's wearing with with the big scarf. He looks like a World War One aviation dude, and uh, he's um, st- staked out his own bulletin board posting to see if anybody looks at it. And the guy who looks at it is Robbie. Now he's been he's he's been made to promise no more of those games because those games are really bad for you. He's not he's those made a promise games, to his parents. That game. That game. <laughs> that game. No allowed to do it. Um, so um, uh, he he just walks by the bulletin board, put bussing his lunch tray, and uh, and JJ assaults him basically. Hi hi, you play Mason's Monsters? Uh, 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 I used to. Um, and, um, well, that's, uh, we were looking for a fourth. Uh, no, thanks. I don't really do that. Oh, okay. Well, Hey, I'm throwing, a, uh, I'm throwing an intimate little gathering tonight in my dorm room. Um, it's a party for Bridget Bardot. Um, uh, you should come and he, and Tom Hanks says, is she going to be there? Meaning Bridget Bardot, the actress and model who was last relevant in the, I'm going to say, late 60s, and definitely not Rona Jaffe picking a, a celebrity name out of her own head from when she was last relevant and making it a thing that, like, 20-year-old kids would be into. Anyway, um, uh, so Tom Hanks, oh, is she going to be there? Who? Bridget Bardot. No. Why would she be? Or I guess I should invite her next year. Like, so... You know, JJ's a little boop boop. You know, that's as evidenced by the weird hats. Uh, but he's like, no, I'll, I'll show up. I'll I'll come to your party. Thanks, because he wants to make friends, I guess. Sure. Um, Just so, not through the devil's game. <laughs> no, but he shows up with a bottle of wine, um, and uh, and and the the one is able to find him. Um, oh, shows up to the party, and uh, JJ is in a full tuxedo, wearing a hard hat. Because this is who JJ is, and they're really trying very hard to tell us who he is. Um, and Robbie has a bottle of wine, and Kate is the one who finds him a corkscrew. And he goes, and she stares at her and says, "What? Oh, nothing. You're just you're very beautiful." And they they open the wine, and um, uh, and so they start talking about uh, maces and monsters or whatever. Um, uh, and, and uh, oh, I'm a level nine. Uh, we need a level nine person for our thing. Oh, no, but I can't do that anymore. And so then uh, Daniel walks over. Daniel, have you met Robbie? He's a level nine. He's going to play with us. No, I, I'm not going to play with you. I promise. And then JJ comes over. Have you know he was a level nine? Level nine? Never tell me you're a level nine. You got to play with us. I don't want to play with you. You got to play with us. So peer pressure eventually boil, whittles him down that he agrees to do like one session. Yeah. But he, the way he says it was like, uh, he says to Kate, uh, he says, uh, well, if, if, if you're going to be there, then I, I guess I got to show up, right? Um, so uh, Classic the... addict thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. it's one drink, man. What it's... could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so bad. So uh, this is the, um, 
the the first uh, the first game. Okay, um, it's all done in candlelight. Um, there's a big board set on a huge ottoman, and everyone has whittled out of balsa wood little little art little avatars for their character. Um, and um, this is where we get the um, the opening thing from uh, from Daniel, who is the maze controller, not the dungeon master, the, the maze, maze controller. controller. They could have called it maze master, but now maze controller. And I control everything in this world. And then he goes into this whole thing about you are you. This is. There's an old uh, gnarled trees and dried grass on this hill. Beneath this hill, through those caves, is a maze of blah, 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 blah. And the race of people who were once human but now unspeakably vicious. Um, and there's also lots of treasure. Um, and you got to find the treasure. And the whole point of the thing is you find the treasure before you die, you win, I think. I'm not sure. Um, but um, then they all come out with their own characters they put it right in front of them and they do this whole thing and they each have like a, a notebook with all kinds of notes in it and stuff yeah well, there's nerds! Nine notes. <laughs> um so um so 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 kate comes out and she says i am glacia the fighter um i have many weapons and fantastic armor and i'm and i'm, I'm almost in, invulnerable and uh i have the the most important thing I have is she says I have acquired the mighty stalking sword of Lothia, um, and then we get uh, we, we get uh, JJ says I am free I am Freelick, the frenetic of Glossamere. I am the cleverest of all the sprites. Uh, I did some research and I was not able to determine whether or not he was also the cleverest of all the seven ups. Oh, that's upsetting. But uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to assume uh, okay. also the cle cleverest of all the Sierra Mists. Um, Feels like a leap to me, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to assume. Um, yeah, like and, it was at uh, this point that I was like, I can't believe I would I miss watching Street Fighter. <laughs> and I told you, I said to you, in like it's like 35 minutes in where it actually becomes a thing that you can follow, and there's actually a plot line. Yes, things happen. You know? Yeah. It, yeah, and then uh, Tom Hanks goes, "I am Pardieu, the holy man. Um, uh, I have I have a, a pouch of many spells and charms. Uh, the most powerful of which is the Graven Eye of Timur. Uh, I also have a sword, which I only use should my magic fail me. Um, we never find out Daniel's character's name because as the as the maze controller." He's the maze controller. He's not a character. But later, he's not a character. He's not the maze controller. JJ becomes the maze controller. And we never find out what, what Daniel's character is. And I always kind of wondered what this, like, again, devoid of personality, pretty boy, uh, would create as his own character. Uh, I always wondered what that would be. I, I can't, I can't decide. Um, uh, oh, yes, well, it's the cleverest of stories, but I, I, I this movie was... I mean, I'm not really sure. The Starry is the new one. I think it's, it might be Clever's Starry's. Um, so I'm not sure if it's Nimble or Neville, because at some point um, uh, Tom Hanks screams it, and then also at some point says it later, um, and the, and the, uh, the um, closed captioning was no help. Thanks a lot, Tubi. 
Um, I'm going to say it was Neville. Mm-hmm. And it was the man that gravity forgot. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, um, so they're they're like they've just they're this is their first session. So next, um, Tom Hanks is in the library. He's got a massive pile of books. We never find out what he's majoring in. We can assume um, that as it's going to be a writer, that Kate is English major. Uh, we know that Daniel's in computer science. We find out later uh, that that JJ wants to be a movie star, so he's in theater arts. Um, we never find out what Robbie is studying, never. But he's got a book, a stack of books, literally higher than him himself. And he decides, oh, there's Kate over there. I'm gonna go sit by her. And while he does, he very smoothly drops books all over the floor. Um, and this is the beginning of the montage. Again, set to whatever maybe like it. Um, it is. Never uh, underestimate oh. the power of a good Kate. That's all I'm saying. Um, yes, I'm. Yes, it's very true. Um, this is this is just lazy writing to, as a montage to streamline the romance. We never yes. find out like what they have in common or why they like get together. Um, which shows them jogging together. together or jogging. Jogging. Um, the, more of them playing a game, smiling at each other mm-hmm. over candlelight. Uh, and then walking under an umbrella together. And that's it. That's how they fall in love. We never see them kiss. I don't think we ever see them kiss. Um, the, the only yeah, thing nerds, we... nerds don't. Yeah. Nerds can't kiss. Um, but then we, we go from, the, from that um, lazy montage to the story of Hall Jr. Yes. This is where the, this is where the timeline starts to, starts to, ru- starts to ruin me. Kate. Ruin your life. <laughs> I just want people I to be smart it. enough. I just want people to be smart enough to, to like realize like what they're writing. Um, I, I just, I just do. I need it. So the story of Hall Jr. Okay, which evidently goes in one ear and out the other for old Kate, who's listening to it. Robbie has an older brother, Hall Jr. He says, three years ago, my mother threw him a party on his birthday, Halloween night." And um, in the middle of it, while nobody was paying attention, he snuck out, ran away, and we never saw him again. Not a letter, not a postcard, not a phone call, nothing. Which is one story. Correct. Okay? That's one story. A slightly different story that Tom Hanks also tells immediately after is that he came up into my room while I was asleep. Um, and asked me for all of my money so he could go to New York. And I gave it to him. And I thought maybe if I hadn't given him my money, that he wouldn't have gone and he wouldn't have left. I always wondered what happened to him. That's a different story. Because slipped out without anyone noticing, you noticed. He told you he was leaving. And you noticed and you did nothing to stop him. Those not even stories. noticed. Not even noticed was told what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh um, but also the timeline three years prior. <laughs> Robbie, I'm gonna say conservatively is 20. Like he's a 20, he's a he's 20, 19, 20. Like yeah, like yeah, old like, enough that least, he failed out of a different school, least, right? At least I'm gonna say 20. I'm gonna say he's a junior, okay? He's 20. So three years prior, he's 17, okay? 
Um, the way that he re has this whole thing with, with the brother, it feels way more impactful if he had been like 11. Like it had been almost a decade since he had seen his older brother who was like 18 when he left and looked up to him. He was the old, cause obviously the, the, the dad's always been in a hole and the mom probably started drinking more heavily after her firstborn son ran away and presumably died, but probably was a drunk before that. The only person he had any connection with is, um, is his older brother who basically abandoned him and fee feels bad about the th So, um, there's that, like, that's way more to me impactful as opposed to three years ago when I was 17 or possibly 18, my older brother who was a full grown adult at this point, because he's, if he's older than me and I'm 17, then he's an adult. And he didn't run away from home. He's an adult who left his parents and didn't want to be around them anymore. Like there's a difference there. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that has always bothered me. Also the Halloween thing is going to come into play later. Yes. Because that, because that timeline also bugs me. But um, so uh, he says, I dream about him a lot. Also, there's this horrible shot in this scene where he gets up from sitting on the bed in the dorm room for no reason and wanders <laughs> over to stand next to a, a shaving mirror on the wall so we can like see his face looking toward the camera and also like a profile of him. So I think that's supposed to be like the duality of Tom Hanks's character. Like he's, his psyche is fractured and split in two, but it, it doesn't, it just looks dumb. It looks really bad. Yeah. 26 year old Tom Hanks even deserves better. So, oh, I dream about him a lot, he says. So, we, this is where we, this is right, we, we got our first dream of Hall, of Hall Jr. Run it, this dream consists of Tom Hanks running on a treadmill awkwardly in a room uh, that's vaguely full of fog machine fog. Correct. While screaming, Hall, come back! Hall! Hall, come back! You can, like, hear the treadmill. <laughs> yes, you can also hear it. Um, so, uh, this is the next scene. Is when uh, JJ is talking to Daniel. Uh, JJ wants to be a movie star. Um, and uh, um, Daniel's talking about his social life. It's no big deal, man. Um, oh, sure, for you. Because JJ's definitely a virgin. Uh, but um, Daniel's like, come on, man. I know everybody thinks I'm this makeout champion, which is definitely written by somebody who's never no kissed longer a, a child. Okay. Uh, but also, but no, it's just like this. I don't know. I'm sort of thinking I'm this big makeout champion, but think about how that affects girls who are, who are actually caring and sweet. They don't want to have anything to do with me because I got this bad reputation. Um, uh, it's like, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, so instead, so I can't, I'd like to have a girlfriend, but. No, no, re no, um, no sensitive girl would ever go with me. So instead, it's just a never-ending stream of strangers I take to my bed. It's uh, just and, and JJ's like, sounds pretty good, actually. All the same. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, I am so, so cursed they're, they're, by my hotness. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're trying to nail down a time they can do their next gaming session. Um, so uh, JJ uh, goes to Kate's room mm -hmm. uh to ask her when when she'd be available but kate doesn't answer the door robbie answers the door uh and uh he says uh, oh you want to come in uh, kate will be right out of the shower and jj's like no uh 
when can you can you can you play tomorrow? No, we we can't tomorrow. We're busy. Um, how about how about Wednesday? Okay, and he leaves. And um, uh, Tom Hanks, this I don't know. It's just a weird choice. I, I I trust him because he's a really good actor. But it's a weird choice in this in this uh, in this in this. He's got a little tiny book, like it's a very small book. Yeah, he's, and he's just flipping through it. He's got a nose in the whole time. He sits down. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Kate comes out of, she's in a robe with her hair up at a thing. She's putting on a lotion and she's, she like kneads up against the desk. and's like, was that, was that JJ? Yeah. He didn't want to stay. And he seemed kind of down just looking at the book and he just, he goes, yeah. Oh, poor JJ. You know, he, he, he seems, he's like, he's got so together, but he's really very lonely. I mean, can you imagine what it must be like to be 16 and a sophomore? And, and Tom Hanks goes, yeah. Like he's he does he hears this information which is like completely new to us the audience by the way that that JJ is a like child prodigy he's like Doogie Hauser but he wants to be in the theater department they don't give scholarships to theater actors for six to, no like you got to be in there to be like going to the pre pre med pre law physics or something that's you don't you don't go to college at sixteen on a theater arts scholarship. That's not a thing that happens. No. Um, but uh, that's, that's brand new information that he's a, a child prodigy. And also the fact that um, Tom Hanks could not give less of a shit about it. <laughs> I think that he, the little book he was reading had the script in it. I've decided. Uh, that must've been. And he was like, must've oh, been who could possibly um, care? Um, m- must've been. Um, um, so uh, this is awesome. This is, I love, I love the actual, um, we're getting here. We're like some part of D and D in the earliest movie caused a lot of problems. I bet. I bet ogre. I bet. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And some evangelical kid legit thought we were watching in the astral realm. <laughs> Man, beep, boop. Uh, boy. Um, so now he goes back to his room and he talks to his minor bird, whose name is Merlin. And he's done really the, the most clever thing in this entire movie is the thing that he's trained his bird to say. Which is, um, anytime somebody starts talking to him, like, as though they expect the bird to talk back, the bird will say, birds can't talk. Which is so brilliant. And I love that. And it's the only good thing in this whole movie is that. I would lift that for a much better movie if I could. Yes. Um, It's, yes. Anyway. It reminded me of, did you ever see that video where somebody named their like gaming handle xbox sign out so if someone's trying to communicate with that person they would have to say xbox sign out and it would force them to sign out all the time i don't know why this reminded me of that but it was so clever (laughs) that is funny um this is not funny because uh jj apparently i guess has had a crush on kate or something because seeing robbie in kate's room causes him to go back to his dorm and talk to his bird and plot out his own suicide. Which just seems like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, um, it's a leap. It's a, it, and he's like, I, I should crash my motorbike into the wall of the dorm. No, that'd be too easy. It'd be too ordinary. And he says to, she says to the bird, do you know no student has ever committed suicide while at Grant? Uh, and I was like, 
since 1856? That seems unlikely. It does. Um, and he says, uh, but whatever I do, it's got to be big and, and everyone's got to remember it. I know. And the way he says it too, he says, I know the caverns, the mysterious forbidden Pequod caverns. Like he, like the way the mysterious forbidden Pequod caverns, it's, it's like Linda saying it. Yes. You know, the caverns, you know, the, the mysterious caverns. forbidden Pequod caverns. Um, it's just, I don't know why there's a D in the beginning of it. But he's it was also like a go. little too excitable for uh, planning to yes. commit suicide. Like yeah. it was like, oh, I know. <laughs> like <sighs> this was really, really bad. And I think what they were trying to go for was like he's probably in love with Kate. She doesn't want him. There's nobody else to hang out with. He's hanging. But he out never with does daughter. anything about it. He never says anything. He never. We never get a scene where like. It just we have no, to. No, you would never know anyway. he was in love with Kate, and they also no. don't do the other work that I think they were trying to insinuate that like he's trying to hang out with other people and they are too busy for him or whatever. Uh-huh. Like right. I think it's supposed to be like the only thing that cares about me that I care about is my bird. Um, right. That's how I got to this point or whatever. But that work is never portrayed. So he decides he's going to go do some reconnaissance work on the caverns and find out how he's going to kill himself there. Um, I, he says, I would be immortal. They talk about it forever if they, you know, if I killed myself there. So I'm going to go do that. He seems pretty hell-bent on it. Um, so he's going to go do that. Then we get a little scene where uh, Tom Hanks um, uh, brings Kate back to his room. I've got to assume it's his room. If it's her room, I can understand why she'd be so freaked out. But yeah. Um, the goes in the room and there's a double bed as opposed to a single bed. Uh, and, and it's like a double bed, she says. And he's like, yeah, now we can live together. And she's like, no, it's too soon. It's too soon. Um, it is too soon. I'll, I'll, I'll give you all the dates in a second. Um, it's too soon. And he's like, but we, we were together all the time anyway. Now this makes not living together, but having a double bed makes like in one of your two dorm rooms seems sure. like a, seems like a good idea in case you'd like to spend the night because you could do some hanky panky on a single bed but it's hard to sleep on one you Even know just the sleeping part get yeah. away from me yeah 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 um, yeah, yeah single so, bed uh, for yeah. full-grown people come on yeah no um <laughs> also all of these dorm rooms have like ensuite bathrooms that was not yeah. the dorm that i was listed <laughs> now communal showers all the way super fun um, yeah, uh, anyway, so, um, she rejects that and is like, no, no, I mean, you know how I, much I care about you and everything. Um, going with you is the best part of my life, she says in a quote. Um, and, Kate, uh, who but, didn't want to be this. <laughs> no. Um, it doesn't, but, you know, but, you know, we have all the time, all the time in the world. Oh, Kate, you don't have any time. And I actually, I think the reason that, uh, the Tom Hanks, he doesn't say this to her. But I do think the reason that he wanted her to, to, to like live with him is so they could sleep in the same bed. And he believes this might cause him to stop having the dreams. If there's someone else there with him, maybe he won't have the dreams, uh, which sense. are getting more and more vivid and more and more scary for him, perhaps. But now, because she rejects him, he's got to start sleeping alone. And wouldn't you know it? Um, it's all her fault. It's always the woman's fault. Of course. Um, okay, so 
Anyway, so uh, JJ goes to the caverns, uh, goes inside, does some reconnaissance, and decides, I'm not going to kill myself here. Instead, I'm going to create a live-action version of this game. So um, all we know, though, is that he went there to kill himself. And then he goes there, looks around. Wow, this place is pretty cool. Cut to them playing the game again, and he's not killing himself anymore. That never actually comes up ever again. Um, but there's a thing no, where, like it's you, the cause and it's the cure. It would seem you roll it. You roll the dice. The dice comes up. The dice means something. A scenario that pops up. So Daniel tells Freelick, um, "Oh, so you find yourself in this room. Across the room is a dozen um, flesh-eating zombies." But between you and the zombies is a pit, a deep, dark pit. But you can see something glistening at the bottom. What do you do? And and JJ's like, Freelick jumps into the pit and gets all the treasure. And it's like, no, there's sharp spikes at the bottom that are just encrusted with gems. Freelick is dead. Um, and Freelick's like, oh, well. And Kate's like, no, we can't lose Freelick. Pardieu, use your powers. Use your magical holy man powers to revive Freelick from the dead. Not Freelick. And Pard and, and Tom Hanks Pardue is like, I, I don't have enough, I don't have enough points to use my raise the dead spell. I don't know. I guess Freelick's dead. And and <laughs> Kate's like, way to go, JJ. You 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 jumped into the Got pit without even using your sonar first. Uh <laughs> so now the game's over. I mean, the game's not over because. Part of the game is if you make a wrong decision, your character dies. And the game ends when somebody finds the treasure. I believe is what at least Mazes and Monsters is laid out as, I don't know about Dungeons and Dragons for real, but like that. And so there was always a possibility somebody was going to get eaten by a monster or fall to their death or whatever. Sure. But they're so upset that now Freelick is dead. Uh, we've got to start the whole game over. No, you're just gonna put the re push the reset button on a game of D and D. That's just the way it works. Um, so then he says, "Well, how about we start a new game?" But it's my game. It's a f fully in it's the most ingenious thing uh, uh, enhancement of the game I've ever heard of. Of course, it came from me, so that's why it's so ingenious. Um, we're gonna do it for real. We're gonna go into the Pequod Caverns and go walk through the maze of the Pequod Caverns, and we're gonna do everything. And I'll be the dungeon master. And was like, "Sounds like a great idea to me." There are some kids who died in there a couple of years ago, but sure. Um, I mean, Kate needs some convincing, but as long as she's been told, we'll, we'll, it'll be a complete secret. Nobody will know about it. It'll be only us. She's like, okay. Cut to the next scene, JJ telling somebody all about his plan for no reason. Like, it's a scene where he goes and he barters for a skeleton from the biology department, from a biology grad student. Um, who wants dinner for four on his credit card as a, as a return. But you got to tell me, this is Basil. The name of the skeleton is Basil. Basil, not pretty close. You got to tell me what, what you want him for. Um, well, don't tell anybody, but I'm going to do a live action version of Mason and Monsters inside Pequod Caverns. And the, the biology student's like, you're crazy, and leaves. Now, this seems like the kind of information that, Somebody would have found out if they were investigating a possible disappearance in the Pequod Caverns. Um, but nobody ever asked that grad student anything. He doesn't come forward with it. So uh, this whole scene, entirely superfluous, because we could have assumed or gotten one line of dialogue where he got that 
sells him from when we see it in a couple of minutes. And wouldn't it be better if he stole it from the biology department? Mm-hmm. Right. But JJ's the, the kind of guy who always makes deals with people, apparently, and not an actual thief. Anyway, he also borrows a bunch of costumes, terrible costumes, from the theater arts department, and they drive out in Kate's car to the Pequod Caverns, and they go inside. Um, as soon as they get in there, oh, he does this thing where it's like, uh, this is the cave of the Vorations. Inside is the vicious Ak Oga. Uh, also, uh, 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 his, his viciousness is only matched by his treasure. Will ye enter? Nerds! Um, so uh, a, a bunch, so they go in, um, and JJ goes in first and then immediately hides around a corner and starts, like, you know, yelling over some kind of loudspeaker. I don't know, it's so weird that they can hear him the exact way from every place, and he's always, whatever. So he's like, um, they go in, they're trying to find him. He's like, I am the maze controller. I am not JJ. Now you must go through the maze. And so they're walking through, and the Basil, the detective, detective? Skeleton. Falls down. Um, detective Skeleton? Mm-hmm. I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> Detective Skulls. Um, so he uh, falls down and scares Kate. Um, and they're like, they're at, you may ask two questions about the skeleton. Is it evil? No. Uh, is it good? Only time will tell. Okay, great. <laughs> That's good. Uh, fantastic. Um, so, uh, but the, <laughs> the skeleton's got a, a flashlight in its mouth and um, pointing out. And like, oh, maybe there's something in the skull. And it's, it's a flashlight. Get the flashlight. Um, but anyway, so they go, they 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 um they split up three different directions looking for the treasure or whatever. Um, and um Tom Hanks goes into this bigger cavern. Um, and uh then you just hear him uh KJ go, a monster, a goreville. Um, and Tom Hanks has a hallucination of a Gorville and a, uh, a Gorville is like a, uh, oh, it's like a were dragon. Like it's a humanoid thing with a big dragon head. Right. Yeah. It's a were dragon kind of a thing. It's right. A um, but the budget allows for it to look something somewhere between like a mid major college mascot and like one of those big, uh, things that walk around during the uh carnival parade like it's just it's there's no real it's just it's just it's just herky jerking its way toward toward tom hanks with his big floppy head um and he's the middle school production of uh where the monsters are is that what it's called yes where the wild things are where the wild things are there you go um tom hanks fucking loses it he really like, does. He, he he's just screaming, not not for not for Kate or Daniel or JJ, but for their characters to come and help him. He never uses any of his spells, but he pulls out his sword and he's holding it out in front of him, just screaming that he is he is so freaked out. Um, and uh, they they run in, um, and he's he's there. I have I have slain the Goreville. And he points at nothing on the floor. And they go, oh, good. Good for you. And, and then um, they, they're walking out of the, uh, the cave, I guess, sometime later. Um, 
no one seems to notice how crazy he's gotten, especially because um, he's walking around. I was like, I don't understand. I, I, I only use my sword uh, if I if all of my magic has failed me. I, I have. Uh, why did I use my sword? And he's like, Oh, it's it's fine. Doesn't matter. Ha 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 ha. And then he's like, Bless you all. Like. Ah, knock it off, Pardue. Ha ha. Oh, our friend has had a psychotic break and we don't notice. <laughs> um, and this says, um, uh, uh, um, my favorite part was when Kate got scared by the skeleton. Um, and it's like, ha 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 ha. You know, well, I was going to make some monsters out of like papier mache. Um, but, um, like, oh no, that would have ruined it. And then Kate has, has the tagline of the movie. Where she raises her lantern up, they're all they're all carrying like uh, Coleman camping lanterns into the into the cave. But she raises hers up so it lights her face, and she says, "The most frightening monsters are the one that exist inside our own mind." Dun dun dun. Um, and then, I also and then, just couldn't get over like this guy was going to kill himself, and he was mm-hmm. now has the energy mm-hmm. to paper mache monsters. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, the hall. There's another hall dream where he has been. Um, he's been talking to by by Hall. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, hall uh, Junior in the dreams, the Great Hall, is just voiced by uh, Tom Hanks doing a deep voice. It's the same. Okay, I thought so. That's Tom Hanks. Very That's weird. definitely Tom Hanks's voice. Um, it's it's Tom Hanks trying to do scripts. It's just, it's, it's just not, you know, like it's, it's, it does feel like that sometimes. Um, it does. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, uh, a holy man does not use violence. A holy to be truly holy, you must be pious, humble, celibate. And again, listen, if my older brother, if my older brother's ghost comes to me in a dream. And it's like and, knock off the hanky panky. And like you, you can't you can't have sex anymore, dude. I'd be like, all right, cool, bye. No more dreams about you, pal. Get out of here. Um, but he, but he says you must be celibate. And then Tom Hanks in the dream, uh, Robbie says, but I walk with Glacia the fighter. You know, just walk with her. You walk with her under an umbrella because we've ever, actually never seen them be intimate in any way. That's um, right. You walk with her. Sometimes you jog with Glacia the fighter. Sometimes you, you walk drop with her, books and in she's front on of her. the inside because mm-hmm. it's chivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it says, um, uh, "The holy man must walk alone. Uh, when you are ready, you will come to the two towers, and there you will find the great hall." And I was like, two towers. Oh, because uh, so his uh, his older brother uh, ran away to New York. So the two towers are the twin towers. Like immediately the first time they said this, I was like, "Boom, done." And yeah. it takes what everyone they... else in the movie like another hour to figure this out. <laughs> like, here you guys are. Done. Like, they say the two towers. They say the two towers. Like, um. So then, he, uh, uh, Kate comes in to to Tom Hanks's uh, room, and she's like, "Hey, let's have sex." And he's like, "I cannot be with you anymore. I love you. I will always love you, but I cannot touch you." She's like, is it something I did? Oh no, no, nothing you did. It's all me. It's like, and she's, oh my god, it's happening again. Um, wait, so, so this is that call this, somebody. 
Maybe it's you. Have you tried switching brands of deodorant? Like, if this is happening to you all the time, maybe this is a thing that, like, I don't know. Um, uh, so, she, the, you know, they hug, and, you know, it's like, as like, like a goodbye hug. Um, and uh, then, cut to a place I can only imagine is called Harmonica Billiards Bar. Because it is a bar where there is very loud harmonica music playing and a big pool table that is very loud. Harmonica um, billiards And according to this conversation that happens between Kate and Daniel, weeks have to have passed. Because, um, like, the way that she says, um, oh, yeah, no, no. Uh, um, I, for a while, I, I thought I wanted him back, but but it's over now, and we're friends. And um, I think it's better this way. I mean, it's not romantic, but it's it's deeper. It's a more true connection. I mean, a lot, a, a, a good number of days have passed for you to have that perspective about this thing. Um, but also that belies the entire timeline, so it makes me uh, crazy. Um, uh, so they have a conversation. Uh, but she says, "Do you think I'm too tough, Daniel?" Uh, no, you're not too. Tough. You're a little guarded, but you're not. You're not not too tough. Why does every man in my life leave me? My father, Stephen. Last year, you remember him? Um, and I was like, was that the guy who got freaked out and left your group of D and D players? Because if so, you know, maybe, maybe you should stop freaking out people who play with you guys. Maybe you're a little too sure. intense. Um, but uh, so they 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 have a talk, and um, she says, "Are you? This is what." I don't know, because there's a weird back and forth between these two about um, uh, about Daniel's obviously sweet on her, um, and is asking her about if she are you still you still want him back? And I don't know if that means Stephen from a year ago, which means she would have had time to have said, "Okay, oh, yeah. we're friends now," or if it's Robbie, but. It's it's never actually made clear, and I don't know why, understand why Daniel would be talking about Stephen. This character we, we don't know, whatever. Anyway, um, uh, they're obviously like you know getting sweet on each other uh, over fries at a bar, and then this really weird sequence happens. This where is so weird. Kate is driving in her car, singing lyrics that don't exist because it's an in- instrumental music. On, on the radio, and she's driving pitch dark and sees a, a guy on a bike pass her going the opposite direction and immediately knows who this is, that it is Daniel, but she does not see him. I guess we're supposed to think that she saw him, but whatever. She, she does a Yui and goes and falls into the Pequod Caverns. I mean, it's nighttime when they're having the, the date at the bar, and it's nighttime when she passes him going the opposite direction. It must be a different night. But, like, that's not specified in any way, and it's really weird. Anyway, she follows him to his bike up to the up to the Pequod Caverns. She goes in, and she walks around them yelling for Daniel for, like, five minutes. And finally, he hears her, and she follow, he follows the sound of her voice. She's really freaked out. She got lost in the caverns. They find each other. They hug. They leave the caverns. He's going to drive her home in her car because she freaked out. Um, and um, they... <laughs> Um, says, you know what? Sometimes I always thought I, I was like Mr. Spock. 
you know, I thought I had no feelings like a Vulcan. Well, you, the Mr. Spock thing is right, but that's just the no personality. I don't know about the no feelings part. Correct. Um, yeah. And says, so, you know, you're, you're not like Mr. Spock. You're like the Tin Man who had the biggest heart of all, but didn't know it was within him the whole time. Um, and, uh, and says, I want to tell you why I was actually in the Pequod Caverns. I was looking for the treasure that JJ left in there. Uh, I was trying to like, you know, uh, I was cheating. And he's like, um, and oh, now Daniel, like my dad would be proud of me for cheating because he wants me to be more competitive. Um, are you going to tell JJ? No, I didn't find anything. And then she kisses him. Like it's there's, if you're going to kiss the guy, do it after the whole Tin Man talk. Why are you kissing the guy after he does the confession of trying to cheat at this stupid Mazes and Monsters game? It's so weird. Cut to Halloween party. Now, it's very important that it be a Halloween party for the narrative of the whole film. However, fall semester starts at the earliest the end of August. Correct. Halloween party. This has all happened in two months. This is the inverse of our discussion about Greece. I was just this, about to say this that. This happened over the course of an entire school year? No way. This happened over the course of only two months? No way. No way. Not possible. I'm sorry. No chance this all happened in two months. But apparently it does. Um, and um, Robbie is dressed as Pardue. And he leaves the party. I'm so class. In and both bl- of these. You know. And blesses uh, blesses the uh, the door as he goes to have another dream about um, about um, Paul Junior. Uh, now it is time for you to find me. You must seek me out now uh, at the two towers and the great hall. You will need no map. You must find the great underground city. Also, other vague directions I am giving you in your dream. Um, and then this isn't he... even that vague. Let's take the subway to the twin towers. Like it's very clear. Um, he uh, he is. Sleeping in his Pardue robes with his Pardue sandals. Yeah, nobody's he, worried about this guy. And he changes into regular clothes because he is fully Pardue now in his brain. But he th- he knows enough to change into clothes because it'd be weird riding the bus to New York City from, from Providence, Rhode yeah. Island in full robes. But he knows enough to do that. Um, also, I think it's because nobody knew who Tom Hanks was at the time. So they're just going to film him walking around New York City without ch- closing any of the like so him walking around in in the robes might have gotten the wrong attention but it just him Maybe but it was New York in 1979. Oh yeah, that's true. Um how would it fit in? So um anyway, uh okay. You can't find Robbie. Call his mom. She doesn't know where he is. Get scared, hang up on her. Uh find his map. The two towers. Oh, Tolkien wrote a book called The Two Towers. That must be what this is. Um, oh, maybe he went to the caves. Let's go to the caves. He's not there. All right. I have an idea, since, says JJ. Let's clear everything out. All of our stuff out of the caves. Let's go to the cops. And while we're at the cops, let's be the worst liars in the history of lying. Because they're really bad at this. But um, like, um, but I will you know say, I, I want people to call the cops in most of the movies that we watch. True. They never do. Good for them for going to the police. Um, he says, um, oh, so yeah, I guess maybe he was kind of fascinated by those caverns, those caves. What are those called? You mean the Pequod Caverns? 
Yeah, I guess so. Uh, maybe he went in there and got lost. Oh, says the desk sergeant. So immediately after that, now we have Detective from the first shot of the movie interviewing the people. Like, hey, you were a good friend of his, weren't you, JJ? Um, this is where we find out. This is where the cop appreciate, appreciates the bird gag as much as I do. But yes. JJ's a really bad uh, liar Correct. about all this. Um, I, I don't I don't. I mean, some kids might play Maces of Monsters, but I don't know anything about it. I mean, Robbie did mention it a couple of times, but I don't know who he played with. And I don't know if anybody went into the caverns. I I don't even know if Robbie's in there. Okay, sure, kid. Um, then my favorite scene um, is is the detective interviewing Kate. Um, because yeah. he, like, he just he liked the game more than me. And so, you know, we broke up. And this is where he goes. He just like, he just does. He's just, was Robbie a doper? <laughs> he says it just like that. Was Robbie a doper? Like, oh no, nothing like that. And then he, he goes, he goes, downers, drink. Like he just keeps root rat. I want him to keep going. Downers, uppers, greenies, this Mary Jane, the nose uh, candy, yeah. the booger sugar. <laughs> I remember do you remember the dare program? Of course you remember the yes, dare program. I remember there was like a synonyms for drugs thing yep. in our little dare mm-hmm. booklet. This yep. was just that. <laughs> it's like, yep, yep. Downus was uppers. he on the PCP? The angel dust, cider, sniffity glue, <laughs> horse smack crack, wiggity whack, wiggity whack's really big with the kids in the cities. Oh, the kids love the wiggity whack in the city. Has he been chasing the white dragon? Like it's it's like he's it was just does he frequent any opium dens? Like he was just he was, he was so merciless yeah. about it. Oh no, nothing like that. Oh um, certainly not. So then he's he's talking to Daniel. Also keeping like, in mind that this was 1979 where heroin and we were equivalent in the mm-hmm. minds of people. <laughs> and he goes, um uh Daniel, like, so you've been sleeping with Robbie's girl, huh? Like, oh no, no, they were already broken up when I came along. Um, uh, so, uh, what do you think happened? What do I think happened? I think one of the players that Robbie was, was playing with in the caverns, uh, lost it and killed him. Oh, isn't that, isn't that kind of far out? Mazes and Monsters is a far out game. Like, this way he says it, he goes, is it swords, poison, spells, battles, maiming, killing? Oh, no, but that's all imagination. Is it? Is it? And and it is. It is imagination. Correct. Uh, that's the, it is. Like, if they hadn't been wearing fake swords, it would be as, as imagination as it possibly could be. Um, it would just be the Isles of Party City that you ran so down. So feel really bad about misleading the cop because they're trying to find... They actually want to find Robbie. So uh, they take the map that JJ made of the caverns and, like, slip it onto his windshield while he's at the caverns looking around for Robbie. Um, uh, but they can't piece it together because Kate's not very bright. Not you, but her. She's not very bright. She can't figure it out. Um, she does not represent o- all Kate's. The only way that they can figure it out is uh, that the bird, Merlin, keeps going, Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Oh my God, Halloween! The last night we saw him was Halloween! Halloween was his, his brother's birthday when his brother ran away and went off to New York! Oh my God, he's in New York! Like it was like, But it wasn't in New York. Uh, oh my God, he ran away, but where could... Uh, that's the whole thing. She doesn't know he's in New York until like, he calls her to collect. What do you right. call ATT? Um, so he doesn't Dead know. Yeah. Uh, 
So he does. She doesn't know where he is. That's the whole point. That's why it's so frustrating. She has no idea. Oh my god, his brother. Where did his brother run away to? He With told me right to my face in that underground city. Right to my face in what, what can't be longer than two weeks ago. <laughs> I have no idea where his brother went to. Um. So um, he's he's walk. He's wandering around the streets of New York. Right. Um. And he gets accosted by a couple of mother m- mothers. Wow, couple muggers. Mothers. One of them looks exactly like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, and yes, kind he does. Of that is really, really concert disconcerting. Um, but they chase him into an alleyway, and uh, he thinks one of them approaching him is a Gorville, the same terrible costume. He holds up one of his crystals that has a magic spell, but that gets knocked out of his hand by by the mugger, and then he pulls out a little pocket knife. One of those ones that do this. Yep. And he holds it like this. It's like on this a is how he try, This is how he tries to stab. <laughs> Just like and, a and, nerd would try and stab. Yes. Nerds! So, so he's... Um, <laughs> the guy dives directly at him while he's holding a knife in front of him and gets stabbed in the abdomen. Yeah, that guy um, wanted to get stabbed in the abdomen is the only thing I could It think. was like, that's that's that was his whole goal today. Today, well, he woke up and said, today, I'm going to get stabbed in the abdomen. I'm going to find I'm going to grab myself a coffee. Yep. I'm going <laughs> to gonna stretch. Uh-huh. I'm going to yep. head out. I'm going to pretend to mug someone, and I'm going to yep. dive into someone's pocket. Yeah. Um, so uh, he loses. You know, he's, he's snapped back into reality because he sees blood on his hand and his bloody knife. But he doesn't remember what happened. So he he but he's now he's Robbie, he's not Pardue anymore. So he calls one eight hundred collect, and he um uh and he calls Kate, wakes her up in the wee hours of the morning. Um, and I know I killed somebody. Kate, please help me. I don't know why where I am. Um, it says, okay, where are you? Can you see a, a street sign? Um, and she's on fortieth and eighth, and she says, okay, I want you to go to JJ's parents' place. It's on. It's at six oh five East seventieth Street. I looked it up. For real. Better than Hell's Kitchen. It's a a hospital. It's it's been a hospital for decades. Uh, You just gave him a fake address, but it made it a hospital. Okay, fine. Um, So they're going to go and find him, right? So um, uh, they're running up to the car and says, why are you bringing that stupid bird, says Daniel to JJ. Oh, come on. Merlin's good luck. Now, Merlin did say Happy Halloween, which allowed her to like jog her memory at some point. Like a I little bit. It was Merlin. I mean, it was Merlin who like who who did say that about the Halloween. However, this never comes up again. Like he doesn't say anything that leads them to be able to find Robbie while he's there. He doesn't say anything in the car. There's no reason for Merlin to come on the trip. But they made a big deal of it anyway. So um, he is walking to um, the house, to, to, to the giant, you know, penthouse place. And on the way there, he sees two other guys who look vaguely like the muggers. They're not the same muggers, but he thinks they are. So he runs away down to the subway and then, like, opens a door down to the catacombs under the subway. It's, it's the big underground, the under, secret underground city that he's got to go to, according to this thing. Um, and he walks around, um, and there's a the subway is above him. So all the brakes squealing and the rumbling of the subway, he thinks is a dragon, and it really freaks him out. I mean, honestly, Tom Hanks. 
brilliant actor. Like this is one of the most convincing depictions of a man in the throes of a complete psychotic break that I've yes. ever seen. It's entirely convincing, which is why it feels so out of place in this movie. <laughs> because the rest of the movie is so silly and bad and dumb and overwrought yeah. and melodramatic, but he's actually playing a real thing really well. Like when he's having the breakdown in the phone booth about how he knows he kills somebody, Absurd. like I I feel really bad for the guy. But it so is so good. Yeah. And right. And this is a movie that earlier had somebody that was suicidal and was cured by the idea of fun caverns and right. was gonna That's paper mache monsters for them. Tom Hanks is just great. Like it's yeah. um you it, it feels you you want to help him in the movie. <laughs> like you in those scenes that you were referencing, you wanna you you want to snap him back into reality because he's yeah. really, really good at this. Yeah. Um, so he's walking around underneath the, the, in the catacombs and comes across a homeless man living down there. Uh, and he says, I am Pardieu. I am a holy man. And the guy says, I'm the King of France. And, and he bows your highness. And it's honestly like, actually it's a funny little moment. It's, it's funny. Um, but he's like, um, you're high, why are you living down here? I've, I've lived down here for years. I, um, I was meant to leave, but I never, I never got around to it. Um, I am looking for uh, the Great Hall. Uh, I don't know where that is. What about the two towers? I know where those are. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, part of the uh, but the thing is, when he, when he <laughs> says that. I think the movie, and I'm presuming the book, thinks that we don't know where that is yet. Because they keep it a secret until he gets there. It's like a big reveal. Yeah. It's a big reveal. So I, 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 look, I looked this up. I don't know how close he got to 605 East 70th Street. But he walks to the World Trade Center. From oh. 605 East 70th Street to the World Trade Center on foot will take you one hour and 53 minutes, which is good because his friends are just arriving to JJ's place and it takes them almost two hours to figure out where he went. They're in Manhattan. They're in Manhattan and can't figure out where the two towers are. Um, so they, they go in to, because they get there. The doorman says, nobody ever showed up looking for you. I know you called me ahead and you said to look out for somebody. Nobody showed up. Maybe he went upstairs. So they go upstairs. Um, his mother is not there. His mother has changed his room again. And it's like, it looks like Casablanca. Like there's even a, a director's chair that says Mr. Yes. Bogart on it. And he loves it. Uh, 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 JJ does. So they're sitting there trying to figure out where this place is. Um, where, where could he be? Where's the Great Hall? Uh, I don't know. Think of all the churches in Manhattan. Maybe he went to them. I guess we'll have to check them one by one. Like, and like, oh my God, how silly of me. The two towers. What about them? The twin towers. Ooh, everyone's just so dumb. And they get in the car and they drive 15 minutes from 605 East 70th Street to uh, the twin towers. Very lucky they got that parking space right out front. That was nice. Um, and so when Tom Hanks gets to the plaza and like he looks there and he goes, the two towers. Like it's supposed to be that moment that we're supposed to go, oh, oh. the two towers. 
towers are the twin towers. But because we're not idiots, we figured that out an hour ago. Um, so here's another thing that I hate. People being dumb when it comes to logistics. <laughs> Let's all go up to the observation deck. Because we all believe he's going to jump off the top of the Twin Towers to join the Great Hall. Because we assume the Great Hall is dead. His little brother's dead. So that's what he's going to do. So let's all go up to the observation deck. And they all go up there. And they all go, well, he's not here. Let's all go back down to the lobby. No. Frick, there are three of you. One of you stays at the observation deck. One of you stays in the lobby. The other one rides the elevator back and forth. Sure. At some point, one of you will come will come into contact with him. Why are you all supposedly brilliant college students, but all dumb as posts? Come on. It's like when little kids are playing t-ball and all of them run after the ball and then all of them run to first base. So true. It's very dumb. It's so true. Um, so finally, they're at the bottom. And they look up to the little, you have to ride an escalator up to the second level. And that's where the elevators are. So they see him up on the second level from in the lobby, but the escalator's jammed. We gotta run through everybody. Oh no! By the time we get up there, hit the elevator. He's in. The doors closed. Oh no! Get in the elevator. Oh no! Wouldn't you know it? Other people are getting on the elevator and making us go super slow. It's a ticking clock. And they get. We should definitely not have any point informed security. No, no, because but they they, because what if the cops have him? Oh my god, that'd be terrible. Um, so they don't want that to happen. So they get to the top. He's not on the observation deck. But then they hear uh, an emergency door being opened and, sh- and shut because the alarm went off. So they follow him up the stairs to, to the top and on the roof. And they see him. And he's climbing over the, f- the fence to jump to his death. And the Robbie, Robbie, he doesn't turn around. Pardue turns around. He says, um, <clears throat> what are you doing? Pardue, don't. He's like, no, <clears throat> I have my spells. I'm going to fly. Um, I'll be fine. And he, he says, "I'm." He says, what he says, "I don't understand. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to fly." You don't have enough points, <laughs> which was unintentionally one of the funniest things I've it's ever so heard. Good. I'm going to fly. You don't have enough points. points. Um, uh, and he says, "I am the maze controller. I control every aspect of this game. Game, game." Game. Like it was just it's just some of the oh terrible dialogue. I feel so bad for Tom Hanks. So Honestly, bad. it's a it's an amazing thing that he after this he actually got got any more work. It's only because bad. of the breakdown scenes. Not, it's just just because of the yeah, it's just it's honestly. Um so they they hug everything. Oh JJ, what am I doing here? I don't know where I am. Um so they all hug, everything's fine. Then they say Three months later. So this is right after Halloween. So this would be February. Everyone's wearing shorts. This is. It would be January, right? Or no, no, November, December, January. Yeah. Right. The very early February. The first week of February. And then they're all talking about when we go back to school. This is just. It doesn't have to be three months later. Make it. 10 months later, make it July. Like that's like, that's a, enough time for like 
Tom Hanks to have gone home, gotten his treatment, gotten better, we think, and they're all like, I'm writing my novel now, and all about us. And so the, the story is that Kate is the one writing this novel that Rona Jaffe wrote. You know, like, it's, the, it's, a, it's a device some writers use. Um, also, that um, JJ has gone from being in the acting program to the directing program in the theater arts, and... Um, and uh, <laughs> Daniel's like, um, I'm I'm more of the silent type. I, I think I'll just be I'll be just fine being a captain of industry in the computer science field. I think you'll be just fine doing that too. Um, so they get there and they meet uh, Robbie's mom, uh, who seems to be doing better, not not as not as drunk. Um, sure. Oh, Robbie's friends don't come around much anymore, which would be a weird thing to say if it had only been three months. But um, right. Uh, so it's it's been longer than that. It's just a bad people are bad. So, um, so uh, yes, why, go. He's right out back. Come go and see him. And they all run to go see Robbie. And then she looks off after them, like, like you know something's wrong. And they go and like Robbie, Robbie, hello. And um, and then Robbie is sitting by the edge of this lake. And turn around and go, Freelich, is that you? Well, I thought you were dead. Oh. Some great holy man must have revived you. A greater holy man even than I. Um, <clears throat> Glacia? And Nimble, you too. Nimble or Neville. I'm not really sure what your name is. We've never been told. But um, uh, you're all here? Oh, it's all so good to see you. Robbie, no. Now, Glacia, have you been hit with a spell of forgetfulness? You know my name is Pardue, the holy man. Um, and uh, so this the big twist is that uh, now he's fully gone. Yes. Um, and... Uh, he refers to his uh, parents as the innkeeper and his wife uh, who have told him not to wander off past the enchanted lake and go to the dark, dark forest. Um, um, but he says, um, um, would you like to accompany me? Uh, and is like, do you know of this forest? And Daniel's like, yes, yes, we know of the dark, dark forest. Let us, let us, let us go together. And so like, instead of like, I don't know, trying to help or jog his memory back. I don't know. The the word game seemed to snap him to out say, of it last time. Maybe try that again. I don't know. Instead, let's enable our friend's self-destructive delusion. Mental health. Yeehaw. Um, and there's a really horrible, sad narration at the end, like um, like uh but the, the the forest was not really dark, and the lake was certainly not really enchanted. There were no monsters within. Uh, all we found there was the death of hope. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. What, what? Oh, no. So the moral of the story, kids, is don't play Dungeons & Dragons. Otherwise, you will lose your mind and believe you are a holy man, and you won't have any sex. Correct. You know how much you like sex, kids. Then you you're going to lose sex. your mind, and, and your, your dead brother is going to come to you in a dream and tell you you're not allowed to have sex. It's so weird and unresolved. It is. And it's, bad. But but also, it feels very much, because of that, like it is the end of a book. Because it's supposed Correct. To, now you yes. can use your imagination. Imagination. Imagination land. Ogre says, a little support to keep these going. Probably see you both again tonight. SGS and AKA forever. This movie caused me to fight censorship with a satanic panic and the PMRC at an early age. That's awesome. That rules. Good. 
um yeah that's um i forget was it was something like b-a-d-d i don't forget what the b is but it was something against uh against dungeons and dragons i remember mothers against drunk driving yeah. mad this was bad um but it was bitches against, against dungeons, dungeons and dragons, and dragons. <laughs> bitches against dungeons and dragons um yeah this was uh this is this is not a good movie this it's is um, terrible I, I was I was um I was just scrolling the tubey trying to figure out what to do and saw Tom Hanks and there was no trailer and I was like I don't know anything about this but I know Kate loves Tom Hanks yeah and we've we just did a couple of very well known movies it's about time we went back and found something completely obscure and yeah, if honestly it's a Tom Hanks I'm, movie you haven't heard of it. Because we know of Turner and Hooch, right? We know yes. of the ones that aren't very oh, yeah. good. This yeah. is, this is, yeah. this is honestly a waste of time. Mm. <laughs> this is, this is one of the most clear cut getting the flicks out of here that yeah. I've ever, yeah. I've ever had. Yeah, it, I, I will say, as as a time capsule of the Dungeons and Dragons panic, like sure. as, a, as a research tool. Like, if you want to know the kind of media that was being put out to make parents go crazy and forbid their children on pain of being grounded for the rest of your life, mister, to stop them from doing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, that's, that's it. Like, that's it. This is it. This is the thing. This is, yeah. the, this is the most, the most Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons panic thing ever produced. It's just Nuts. such a funny concept. Also, it's kind of funny that like a year and a half later, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon was playing on Saturday mornings. <laughs> like they made a whole Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that I watched as a child that came out like maybe two years after this came out. Like that's how fast this thing fizzled from being like, don't let your kids play Dungeons and Dragons. They'll lose their mind and jump off the World Trade Center to your smaller children can be influenced by this on Saturday mornings while eating bowls of Lucky Charms. And you're cleaning, like with no supervision. Bothered against Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that actually feels appropriate. Just mm-hmm. bothered. Mm-hmm. I'm just bothered. Oh, just bothered. bothered. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, this unless, unless you're doing we'll research for a paper, don't. No. Don't. And the the few moments where tom hanks is like actually having the breakdown is some incredible acting it's he's, not he's, enough to watch trying. it but no. he, he he's no. always been a good actor we know that yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 26 year old baby boy tom hanks is also great yeah <laughs> um he went from bosom buddies to this to a dry spell for a year and a half i wonder why to, like, to doing bachelor party and splash wow Dang. Yeah. So there you go. There it That's is. What it is. All right. Get the flick out of here. And next week we'll probably do the same because that's what we do here. On get the flick out of here. See you guys next week. Bye. Have a good weekend. R E S P E C T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.